Welcome to the Unfeigned Faith Bible Study, where we'll be doing a weekly Bible study, typically going through a book of the Bible together, and uh, this will go alongside our regular Unfeigned Faith podcast. Thank you for joining us on this journey. We're going to be in Philippians, Philippians 1, and uh, verse number, let me get it on the right page here, uh, we'll start in verse number 27, and we'll go to the end of the chapter, and uh, in verse number 27, uh, here's what the Bible says. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, um, uh, excuse me, uh, stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And I'm going to pause right there as we kind of dive into this. Um, Paul, again, uh, writing from, uh, from prison, He's writing to encourage this church, and and uh, and he talks about his great confidence that he has, and uh, in in the in the Word of God, and and uh, his desire to be with the church to encourage them that they would be joyful, and um, and he, and then he kind of he's closing out the chapter with this thought. He says, uh, "Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ." The word conversation uh, is used in our in the King James Bible. It's really an old uh, English word, old way of saying your manner of living, your lifestyle. And uh, it has a lot more to do with just your speech, so that's included. It's the way you conduct yourself. And he says, I want you guys as believers, as the church of God, to conduct yourself in such a way that your life is reflecting the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, how important that is. I've, I've said it often, one of the biggest... Uh, uh, one of the one of the greatest or most common uh, negatives folks have to say about about church or uh, you know why they don't go to church or what have you. One of the biggest things they say, whether legitimate or not, is uh, well they're all hypocrites. And the reality is, everywhere you go, you're going to face hypocrites. You know, uh, we're 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 all growing and we're all uh, you know trying um, trying to go forward with this thing. I'd say that. Uh, Christians tend to be the more honest ones about their hypocrisy <laughs> because, you know, because, uh, yeah, I know I'm not where I should be, but by the grace of God, I'm not where I was. And we want to go forward, but but here's what Paul is saying here. He's challenging them. He says, make sure your lifestyle, the way you conduct yourself, is a good reflection of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The, 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 and our motivation here is this concept of the gospel. And, and folks, keep, keep the gospel present in your in your life in your thinking keep it ever before your children keep it in your homes make make much of the gospel of Jesus Christ how important that is martin lloyd jones uh, uh, a preacher of yesteryear he was known as the doctor preacher and uh, he he said uh, he said this there is something essentially wrong with a man who calls himself a christian and who can go or excuse me who can listen to a truly evangelistic sermon without coming under conviction again without feeling something of his own unworthiness and without rejoicing when he hears the gospel remedy being presented uh, i'd say there's something wrong with a christian who 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 you know hearing the gospel again doesn't move them doesn't uh, stir them in some way you see our conversation it says later in philippians 3 verse 20 our conversation is in heaven uh, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our lifestyle, our conversation, it's in heaven. And, and let me just say this, as, as believers here, we are ambassadors. Uh, 
This is not our home. Our home is in heaven, but we are his representatives while we are here on this earth. And so our conversation, our lifestyle, our manner of living, it's heavenly. And as we conduct ourselves in this world, the question is representing the heavenly. Are we representing this new man? Are we representing the gospel of Jesus Christ? And so he says, uh, let your conversation be as becometh the gospel of Christ. You see, in our business dealings, in our language, in our, uh, in our, uh, you know, the way we conduct ourselves, our attitude, they, they ought to reflect uh, proper Christian conduct and biblical convictions. By the way, I, uh, I want to say this, uh, develop some convictions, Develop some convictions in your life uh, as it relates to the gospel, as it relates to God's working in your life. And uh, let's go on. It says um, uh, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs. What's he saying there? Uh, You know, again, Paul's in prison, this Mamertine prison, and uh, writing to them. And he's saying, whether or not I make it, you know, he already expressed a desire. He wants to be with them. He wants to see them again. Whether or not I make it to you guys, whether I'm, I'm with you or else be absent. He says, here's what I'm hoping for, that I would hear of your affairs. In other words, the testimony of this church would spread. And I, I wonder uh, I wonder what others, uh, what, what the testimony of our church is. I wonder what the testimony of those that call themselves a, a part of the body here. Uh, I, I wonder what others think of that. Um, Paul said uh, it's going to be a testimony that he's going to hear about. He's going to hear some things they've done. He's going to, he's going to hear about the, the, the way that they conduct themselves and so forth. He says, and here are the things that I want to hear about. Um, that you stand fast in one spirit. <clears throat> is it a unified church or is it a divided church? Are they, are they in one spirit or are there different motivations and about this that, that doctrine is kind of a bad word in a lot of churches, a lot of circles? Well, as long as we have the name Jesus. As long as we, uh, you know, we talk about these things, and, and uh, you know, what is it that unifies us? It's it's the gospel. We have an Apache flying overhead here, and uh, they're not as silent as uh, you think they are. <laughs> um, it, it's it's what is it that unifies us? It, it's doctrine, it's convictions. You see, uh, by the way, why are there different denominations? Why are there different brands, so to speak, of Christianity? Uh, it's different people have had a different perspective looking at the scriptures, looking at the word of God. And by the way, probably most of it is going to stem from what they think about the word of God. Is it in fact God's word? Is it uh, inerrant or, uh, or, you know, is, uh, how do we approach it? Do we, uh, do we, is everything just an allegory and a metaphor or is it literal? Is it, uh, uh what God said, uh, what he meant, what he said, and he said what he meant. And those are some things we, we ask ourselves. But but as we as we define those things, those are what unifies us. Hey, he wants to hear that this church is unified in their doctrine, in their conviction, in their mission. Uh, what are they standing on? And so so he says this um, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind. One mind. Uh, they're single. This is not kind of you know everyone doing their own thing, and and uh, that's kind of what's being described in First Corinthians fourteen. Uh, you know, one guy's got this word of knowledge and another one's got this and, 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 and it's just kind of chaos, right? This guy's got a tongue and this guy's got a, you know, and he says, hey, 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 let all things be done decently and in order. God's not the author of confusion. 
um, and 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 so what was happening was uh, everyone's kind of going their own way. There was no unity, and there was no direction. There was no uh, here's a good word: fellowship. There was no following the leadership. Everyone was kind of uh, setting themselves up. The Bible says, "Be not many masters." Uh, we ought not to have, uh, you know, <laughs> you've heard the phrase, "too many chiefs and not enough Indians." Uh, we got to go forward as a church, and uh, and a part of that is going to be accepting God's structure, uh, accepting uh, God's vision as is laid out in Scripture, and uh, there are some t- particulars of of uh, where church is located, the specific needs that church has, that's going to dictate a lot of the more specifics once you've branched out from that. But but here's the question, is there a singleness of mind? Uh, one spirit, one mind, is there is there division? Are there other people that are undermining and going against the direction? And, and, uh, and let me just say this, we'll probably get into this a little bit more later, but, uh, but be very careful not to fall into a, a critical spirit. There's always going to be something to criticize. There's always going to be something to nitpick. Uh, but the question is, um, it, first of all, is this where God wants you to be? But secondly, um, you know, are, are, you know, is this where God wants to be? Are there scriptures being violated or any principles? And and you know, and if not, it's time to kind of uh, not not mindless following, but uh, but let's get on board with what God is doing here. Because when there's division. It's going to limit what what the Spirit of God wants to do in that congregation, and so so he says this. Uh, uh, he's going to hear once you hear their affairs that they stand fast in one spirit, one mind, striving together for what for the faith of the gospel. Hey, that ought to be our highest thing. We're striving together to cultivate the faith of the gospel. Now, uh, a couple of things in there. Well, first of all, the gospel. Uh, the, 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 it's what saves us for Corinthians 15. It's, it's where we stand. We stand in the gospel. We, we, the, the gospel is the pivot point for everything we do. Um, it, it's, it's the motivation for our hearts towards God. You know, how, how, how do we, when we think about the gospel, when we think about his love for us, uh, it's reflected in the gospel. If we, if we forget about that, our hearts will go cold towards God. So we have um, uh, we have this the gospel being our our ultimate motivation, but uh, but not only that, but it's our faith in the gospel. As we as we challenge each other to grow in faith and and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's our faith and what it's it, the gospel is really the starting place. And we're challenging each other and we're teaching each other and admonishing one another uh, to grow in the faith of the gospel. So, so what, is our, what is our focus as, as we have a singleness of mind and a singleness of heart, uh, spirit rather, uh, we're going forward to what end? The faith of the gospel. Uh, how important that is. Now, that within that, there are a lot of things. You know, We need to teach the whole counsel of God, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, uh, teaching and, and giving understanding of the Word of God and the principles in there and so we can grow and learn and, 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 and so forth. But, but it's all going to stem from this faith of the gospel. You see, uh, we talked about this Sunday night a little bit, uh, um, how... Uh, a mark of a new cart church, uh, you know, if you're not familiar with that term, I'd encourage you to check out our Sunday night Bible study, um, is that they, uh, they, they, they teach salvation without regeneration. And what it turns into is this, and by the way, there is no salvation apart from the Spirit of God regenerating us. But, um, but the, what, 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 what happens is this, that we focus on 
do's and don'ts and we focus on trying to reform our lives, trying to do better and try harder rather than uh, establishing the Christ life from the inside out. Well, that's the faith of the gospel. All right. And, and that needs to be our focus. So he says this uh, for the uh, striving together for the faith of the gospel. I love that phrase, striving together. We're working for this. We're fighting for this. There's a unity. There is a togetherness for the faith of the gospel. Verse 29. For unto you is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer. I'm sorry, let me back up. Verse 28. I skipped a verse. Verse 28 says, And in nothing terrified by your adversaries. You know what a good mark of a church is doing something right is? They're going to be adversaries. Now that alone is not a test because there, there. I know, I know of churches that do a, a, everything wrong, and people don't like them. Okay, I'm reminded of that church. I've not heard from them uh, uh, pretty much since uh, their their pastor had passed away. But uh, that that church, uh, uh, the Westboro Baptist Church, that would uh, uh, picket funerals of soldiers and and uh, and all kinds of stuff. Their website had a link on there. The the link said uh, something along the lines of "Here are all the verses that show that God hates you." I mean, I mean, what are we trying to do here? However, um, when you are standing for something, when you have a conviction, you're standing for truth, standing for righteousness. Um, they're going to be those that don't like that. I mean, uh, Jesus, the holiest man that ever lived, couldn't get along with the religious crowd. And uh, that ought to tell us something right there. Uh, or rather, they couldn't get along with him. He, he can get along just fine, but uh, they couldn't get along with him. And um, he says, uh, In nothing terrified of your adversaries, there's going to be adversaries. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall, shall suffer persecution. There's going to be adversaries. Uh, there may be adversaries, um, uh, that 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 are that are lost, that are against you, that uh, that have, don't realize it, but they've given way to the devil, and uh, and he hates the church, and he hates the church going forward. Sometimes there are adversaries. Uh, a friend of mine calls them church plants. Yeah, that the devil plants into a church, and they don't realize, but they're doing the devil's dirty work, and they're trying to cause disunity, and they're trying to cause division, like we saw. They're they're, they're they weren't standing fast. They weren't in one spirit. They weren't in one mind. They weren't striving together. Uh, but rather they were striving against one another. Well, well, the, what was happening, there were adversaries. There may be political adversaries. There may be spiritual adversaries. Uh, there may be false brethren. All, all these things, these are things that Paul faced. And he says, don't be terrified of them. You know, as we looked before, with Paul's bonds, what happened? Uh, he said he gave some people a boldness. They were, uh, they were strong, stronger in their witness, their testimony for the Lord, because of the way Paul uh, suffered with grace and with joy. And so he says, uh, uh, don't be terrified of your adversaries. He says, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but of you, of salvation, and that of God. Uh, it's a token. First of all, it's an evident token that they're on the wrong side. It's an evident token of perdition, their perdition. Right, but on the on the other side, it's an evident token that you're in the way of salvation, that you are doing the right thing, and um, and uh, there's a freeing thought there. You know, um, sometimes I get a chuckle. You know, now I I don't like conflict, but sometimes when conflict comes, I have to stand back and chuckle and think, maybe I'm doing something right. <laughs> you know, and uh, uh, you know, and you think of characters in scripture, and you think I think of people in years gone by. Uh, I mentioned before uh, a couple days ago that Spurgeon, how 
such a such a tremendous preacher, and uh, the, uh, his his title, what he was known for, was the the Prince of Preachers, and uh, incredible orator, had a mind like no other, and uh, and a great theologian, and pastors in the community. He pastored the largest church uh, over there in London, the the, the Metropolitan Tabernacle, and. Uh, and and pastors would uh, would write letters to the editor. They'd write you know in the paper blasting him, questioning his salvation, and uh, and I tell you what, uh, it's it can be tough. Uh, there are there are targets, right? And so he says this. Uh, you know, it, it should confirm some things. You know, uh, I remember. Uh, uh, well, let's just we'll move on. Verse number twenty. James says. Uh, that we ought to count it all joy when we fall into diverse temptations. When these trials come our way, we ought to be excited because it's a gift from God. You say, oh, it doesn't seem like a gift. You know, the gifts of God are good. The gifts of God are, are you know, great. And, and sometimes these gifts, and by the way, they are good if you understand Romans eight twenty eight and 29 and, and other verses. But the reality is this, that the, these gifts that God gives us, he gives us this gift of suffering for his sake. As Peter and John walked away after receiving stripes, after they were whipped, um, they went away rejoicing, being counted worthy to be partakers of Christ's suffering. Paul said this, and we'll see it in a, in a, in a, a while, in Philippians 3. He says, that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering. There is a special fellowship that comes with identifying with Christ's suffering, living for him, living that conversation that becomes the gospel and suffering for righteousness sake. There is a closeness. There is a walk with God. There is a joy that comes in because I am doing the right thing in my walk with God. He says, uh, this is given to you not only to believe on him, What's it going to do? It's solidifying. Remember I mentioned when there's persecution, it draws lines. And, and we find out who the true followers really are. It's going to solidify some things when you suffer, only to believe, believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. Verse number 30. Having the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here to be in me. And he's saying, the same thing may come your way that you've seen in me. So let me be an example. This is Paul speaking from prison, how he's been whipped, he's been beaten at different times, and he's under house arrest. He says, these things you've seen in me, it may come to you. And so I want you to keep all these things in your mind that these are from God. And, uh, you know, Peter said it this way, if any man suffer according to the will of God, that means sometimes it's going to be God's will that we suffer. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I hear of stories of martyrs, even today, um, her stories of people that they're not allowed to have a Bible, and and this one man in particular, I remember watching this documentary that was done. He would try so hard to remember scriptures, and they were starting to fade from his memory. And, and he went through these great lengths to smuggle a Bible, and and uh, he finally got a Bible. And he started reading it, just devouring that. And they caught him. They beat him so bad, and and, uh, and yet again he started searching for a Bible, searching for a scripture, and. Uh, I heard of another uh, young lady who was uh, who was captured, and she was writing scriptures on the wall, and she was quoting scriptures, and and they were asking her, "Where do you? Where's your Bible? Where do you? Where where do you keep this Bible?" And she's like, "It's here, it's here." But uh, these people that 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 became their only comfort. And uh, he's saying this, having the same conflict which you saw in me, that there's a possibility that you're going to have this conflict, you're going to have some of these things, and uh, and I want to say this as we get closer to the return of our Lord. I think we are going to have some things. 
And, uh, and I think we ought to prepare ourselves. I think we ought to teach our young people there is a good chance that my children's generation are going to see very real persecution here in America. And uh, are we preparing them? Are they going to be strong in the faith? Uh, are they going to be established in that and and uh, striving together for the faith of the gospel? It's going to solidify it. Uh, it's going to cause them to believe on him and understand uh, the privilege it is to have a gift from God to suffer for his sake. He suffered for our sake. And uh, what a privilege it is to then suffer for his sake. Hey, I don't wish that on anybody. But if it's uh, God-ordained and God-led, it's going to be God-blessed. And... Uh, and so uh, your, your conversation, is it reflecting of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Uh, you know, some of us, and let me just say this. If you have messed up your testimony at times, I want to say this. You can get it back. It takes work. It does. But uh, there's something about humility and, and accepting responsibility for our actions. It, 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 say you work at a secular workplace and, and, and you've messed up your testimony. Go to your coworkers, make it right. Uh, maybe they're not offended, but maybe you just know that you know you maybe you partook in that joke that they told or what have you. Go to them, humble yourself, and say, you know, I'm a believer, and, and I should not have fallen for that trap, you know. And and uh, would you forgive me? I wasn't reflective of my Savior who loved me. I'll tell you what, that'll go a long way. Humble yourself before your boss. Humble yourself before those you've. Humble yourself before your children. I'm sorry, I lost my temper. You know, that's not. Uh, that's not how I ought to express love. And, and uh, you know, I'll tell you what, it's going to go a long way, uh, that humility. Uh, and so, so we can maintain a testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ, that our conversation would be as it becometh the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hey, uh, we need to be settled in that. We need to have conviction and, uh, and have faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ, because from there flows everything else. If we're not settled there, when persecution comes, guess what? It's not going to matter. We'll, we'll, we'll crumble. We'll fall away. And, uh, and we don't want that to happen with any of you. We want you to be settled and established. If you have any questions, I'd love to, to, to connect with you and, and discuss some of these things even further. Uh, re- please reach out to me. Uh, if you don't know that you're saved, uh, I'd love nothing more to take a Bible and to show you how you could stand right before a holy God, become a child of God, be washed of all your sins, and be received uh, by God himself. It's the most freeing, wonderful feeling. I'd love to share that with you. And uh, so please reach out, pastor at northpole.church. would love to be a blessing to you there.